attended by devoted servants. Do you think perhaps just once I might use the bathroom by myself? Most amusing, sir. Wipers! And engaged by royal decree. Why? Why can't I find my own wife? We've gone to a great deal of trouble to select for you a very fine wife. I want a woman that's going to arouse my intellect as well as my loins. Where will you find such a woman? In America. So he traveled across the sea to the land of opportunity, which is where the fairy tale ends and our story begins. Behold, Simi, life, real life, a thing that we have been denied for far too long. We're in New York now. Let us dress as New Yorkers. I feel like a complete idiot. Have either of you ever had any fast food work experience before? Certainly not. This will be our first job in the United States. I am Akeem. Nice to meet you, Akeem. I have recently been placed in charge of garbage. That's good to know. Oh, my goodness! It is you! Greetings, Your Highness! Who is that? Eddie Murphy. Just the man I met in the restroom. Arsidio Hall. Ah! In a comedy fable of royal romance. When I look at these contestants, what a Miss Black Awareness pageant. Yo, this is episode three of Nostalgic. It's your boy DL. We up here in more at Rob's house. Who else we got in the building? We got B Rob. We got D Rob. And of course, you got your boy um, LP. I'm I'm the only person right now, not all huddled up. So I'm feeling lonely. I got fear of missing out with y'all right now. So <laughs> you know, but um, you too you too big in here anyway. <laughs> man, stop all that. You know, you had people talking about me last time when DL said I was husky. They looking at me like I'm, I'm crazy, so y'all need to chill out. I had to get my dig in, but before we start, I just want to let the audience know where they can find us. We're on a lot of platforms now, uh, of course, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, SoundCloud, and as recently, we're on the uh, Google Play Store as well. Yep, and you can always get all the detail at www.theguild.com htx.com the guild htx.com and we'll always have updates interviews etc on there as well all right and we uh we got coming to america this week and we actually got a sponsor y'all boys didn't know but um we're sponsored by mcdowell's today (laughs) (laughs) you know the slogan is we got the gold they got the golden arches we got the golden arcs You got the big mix. Big mix. <laughs> but what it all boils down to is we both got two all beef patties uh-huh. fresh on the sesame seed bun. Nah, nah, it's all jokes though. But um, yeah, we doing coming to America for episode three, and uh, want to just start off by kind of identifying some of the funnier parts of the movie because I mean, just watching it for me last night, I was telling uh, B Raw on the way over here, it was like not really less than two minutes where you didn't really get a laugh off the way these guys were doing it. Oh, absolutely. So, 
I want to start by jumping into the funniest part of the movie for you gentlemen. And then we'll jump into uh, the most unrealistic part. Okay, okay. So who wants, you want to start us off, B-Roll, LP? Yeah, go ahead. I, I, I'll hear from y'all. Let, let me throw out the synopsis just for um, people out there who this may be their first time listening to us. Because we always like to let you all know, hey, this is what the movie was about. Because strangely enough, there are people um, we found out on the He Said, We Said podcast that there are people who don't watch these movies, who have never seen them before. So um, it's a shame. (laughs) So the synopsis for this one is an extremely pampered African prince travels to Queens, New York. It goes undercover to find a wife. Who can he he can respect her intelligence and her will? Um, is that what the movie is about, or or what would y'all say? I mean, that's a good that's a good jump off. You know what I'm saying? But it goes into some yeah, straight yeah, shenanigans. Sure. <laughs> straight shenanigans. <laughs> but but nah. So D Rob, go ahead then if you if you want to jump off with um yours first. Yeah, uh, man, the whole movie. I mean. From beginning, when he wakes up in the morning and he's got bathers and and people putting on his shoes for him, man, all the way to the end is just, I mean, the whole thing is just funny to me. Um, but the movie wouldn't be as great to me if it weren't for the barbershop scenes. Yeah. Man, when they started going into the barbershop and everybody had their own little personalities, but it was all the same dudes, you know what I'm saying? Man, that that hands down was the funniest scenes to me is every time they show up in the barbershop. Powerful pound, Sugar Ray Robinson, the greatest fighter ever lived. Oh, come on, man. What about Joe Lewis? The blonde bomber. Now that was a great boxer. You damn right. I suppose nobody in here ever heard of Cassius Clay. We got a point. Cassius Clay was a bad motherfucker. Hey, I ain't saying Clay ain't bad. I'm just saying I stopped liking Cassius Clay once you changed the name to Muhammad Ali. What kind of shit is that? Wait a second. Wait a second. A man has the right to change his name to whatever he wants to change it to. And if a man wants to be called Muhammad Ali, God damn it, this is a free country. You should respect his wishes and call the man Muhammad Ali. His mama named him Clay. I'm going to call him Clay. Mm-hmm. That's right. I say Clay. Get out of here. Yeah. And, and to, to kind of piggyback off that, is that one of the first scenes where like one actor was everybody as far as comedy goes? Man, as far back as I can remember, um, it was. And and I mean, if it wasn't the first one, it was absolutely the best one, yeah. you know, that I that I had seen. Yeah. Did y'all realize Cuba Good Cuba Good Jr. was getting faded? <laughs> he wasn't getting faded. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the <laughs> you know, he walked in and walked out with the same style. It definitely wasn't a fade. They didn't take a piece of hair off of his head. Get that shape. Boys was not rocking fades around this time. <laughs> Yeah, that, one of the, the wildest thing about that barbershop is that they never had any other customer but Cuba Gooding Jr. Like, I never <laughs> saw anyone else in there. How are they still in business? <laughs> in there arguing about boxing. I, you know, I mean, that is just hilarious. Um, and he has the worst way of ending an argument. He just telling everybody, just F you, F you, F you. Right. <laughs> I mean, but that's how old black people in arguments, though. If they lost the point, they're definitely not going to continue to argue. It's basically going to be get out um, or we fighting or F you. I mean, that's the, <laughs> <laughs> that's, 
That's a reasonable way to end argument to me. <laughs> nah, so I'll get into my um, favorite scene. So we all know that they, at the beginning, when he's getting ready to find his queen, they they sing that song, um, She's Your Queen to Be. Bruh. <laughs> so, so what tripped me out about it, I... I Maybe I didn't think about it when I was younger, but I actually listened to the lyrics this time. She's your queen to be, a queen to be forever, a queen who'll do whatever his highness desires. She's your queen to be. To quench your royal fire completely free from infection to be used at your discretion, waiting only for your direction, your queen to. Okay, so so I broke and and I'm gonna read them verbatim, and they get wilder through every part of the the song. Yes, sir. <laughs> so it, it, you know it starts out like you know black girl magic. You know she's your queen to be, you know a queen to be forever. You know um, a, a a queen who'll do whatever his highness desires. Man, and right there, I had to stop. Sing the song right now, man. We gonna <laughs> get into yeah. it. I, I, I hit can't, that I high can't. note, baby. Hit that right. high note, bro. I, I, listen, I, I, I wanted people to. Re- I, I didn't want people to turn this off. <laughs> I didn't want people to turn this off immediately. <laughs> but, but, but when, but you know, it kind of tripped me out when they went into who do whatever His Highness desires. I had to like take a pause there <laughs> because I was like, I, you know, I understand he's a prince, but then it goes. Um, she's your queen to be a vision of perfection. I was like, all right, you know, the, the, the black girl magic that showed up was, you know, she was, she was perfection, um, an object of your affection. But this is where he started tripping to quench your Royal fire (laughs) (laughs) completely free from infection, completely free from infection. To be used at your discretion, <laughs> waiting only for your direction. Yo, that that got wilder. At like, who wrote those lyrics? <laughs> I, I got an idea. There's only one person. That's only one person. He 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 had you know his, his lifetime performance. I, I'm not gonna, mention, I'm not gonna mention that name, but there is somebody who I think will get them bars off like that. I mean, because those are some serious bars right there. I mean, I, I, just the fact that, and he also did it in the soprano, so that made it even better. Like that, he could sing that. High. But Bruh. when he was singing to the ceiling, I knew he was feeling it. Yeah. <laughs> so that that just tripped me out, man. So for for me, like if I was just gonna talk about right out the gate, where they automatically got into the comedy, the voice was funny. But now that I go back and listen to the lyrics. I mean that free from infection had me on the floor. Like, <laughs> I, just, 
<laughs> but the introduction of that, like even before he starts singing, this is something that never really dawned on me. When the the, the black shit comes through to in- introduce the princess, like she just bogarting her way through, move, 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 move. And then they come out with one of the most lit dances I've ever seen. Like yeah, they was they was like <laughs> like a like a band, like a like a college black college band, the way they were doing that. And the yes. little kids is just clumping and Bruh, dancing. Like, like, it was like the Prairie View halftime, son. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you, you, couldn't, you couldn't see the band, but they was on the side getting it. And then the, and then the, uh, the dance team came out and was just jugging on them. I was like, yeah. You got is... these, these beautiful, attractive women just like, right. you know, they, it was live, man. Like, that's all I could say. That's, it was live. And I was, I was astonished by that. And then to just have my guy Paul Bates come in with the song. And he had just got the solemn face. And then he just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. One minute he was going singing at the ceiling, and the next minute he just straight stoic. Just yeah, and th- and this is what this is what kind of saddened me about that. You know, um, I had turned this on, and I've got a, a daughter um, soon to be five, and her exact words were, "Hey, is this Black Panther?" Like she was <laughs> Yo, she was confused. Like she looked at it and. It, you know the, the you know it's not as nice as far as the filming and stuff. She was like, you know, this really ain't an HD. Like I don't know what to think. But, but she definitely asked me. She said, "Is this Black Panther?" And I was like, "Nah, baby, this this isn't Black Panther." Um, so obviously we don't have enough movies with African culture. Where she thought the only other movie that I watched at the house that would have been Black Panther coming to America, she was like, "This don't look right." So so something is wrong there. Just just a little. Well, side piece, I mean, kind of sticking to that, the the Michael Jackson, do you remember the time video? I mean, do you think that that's the same girls kind of in that video? Because as soon as he stepped out the bed, I'm just like, yo, that's the exact same spot. Do you remember that video? Yeah, now that it you, might be the same yeah, set. I think that's the same set. <laughs> it might be the same like, set. That, 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 that's phenomenal. But, you know, for me, my, my favorite scene in there that's, that's hilarious that I think kind of goes unnoticed when when Simi um, and uh, and the prince they 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 get the queens they get their apartment and they kind of set all their luggage outside and then like a few hours later when they go out to see the city the whole hood <laughs> got on all their garments got on their princely yeah, robes like, you see kids on bikes you see you see everybody with the garments and it don't even stop right there my man walk up on them like yo y'all want a toothbrush y'all. I got a, 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 a hairdryer. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Made a goal. So for me, that was hilarious. Yeah, that one was definitely funny, man. And I'm going to jump into something. Like my, my scene that I picked out is kind of like a little bit before that. It's like right when they get to America, it's such a culture shock for him. You can tell he, he ain't never left Simone in his life. He jumps out in front of the cab just... <laughs> Remember, Simi, no one here can know I am royalty. You must appear to be no different than the average man. I will not say a word. British Airways flight 929 is now boarding at 815. Halt! You dumb fuck! Dude jumps out, calls him a dumbass. And he's like, demands, take us to Queens at once. 
<laughs> He's so used to giving commands. He don't know this. This dude got smoke for him right now. <laughs> yeah, that 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 at you know, anytime you give someone a command at once, you you are wild. Like that ain't even that's not even a reasonable way to give a command. Like, but considering he had never really done anything for himself for the last 21 years i could imagine him saying at once to people uh, one time or another you know but before that sorry to jump to another scene but i gotta bring this up before he went to america why in their garden or whatever did they have full-size giraffes um elephants like yo that's not real like you can't do that like and he had he had names yeah that can't happen man but but you know i mean again you know you got to be over the top with movies i guess so yeah <laughs> yo when uh back to back to what uh uh dl was saying uh when he said that, that cab driver stopped man so i don't know if i didn't just didn't catch it the first time i saw the movie but that was big brother jake there was there was the cab oh. driver, yeah. So if you if you didn't know who Big Brother Jake was, uh, so it was a TV show that came out um, like shortly after Coming to America. So um, and he was like a, a nice wholesome dude. So seeing him hop out the cab and just throw that <laughs> language around, yeah. I was like, I was like, no, not Big Brother Jake. <laughs> yeah, he was like, I'm gonna take you to the roughest part of Queens too, fam. Yeah, he wanted to show him. Well, that that kind of jumps us right into, you know, the most unrealistic unrealistic parts of the movie, because there's a ton in this movie. Like a ton. <laughs> I, I didn't realize it until, like, again, going back and watching it to actually pay attention. This is all stuff I would just laugh at, but now I'm just like, this is. There's no. I don't care if you're in Saudi Arabia. These <laughs> these princes ain't living like this. Not not the 21st century. So, so give us an example. What you mean? Like. I'm just like throwing flowers at my feet everywhere I'm walking. Like that's not happening. I don't, I don't I don't see that happening. That's the first thing. Second thing is I'm getting banged. And I <laughs> <laughs> You know I heard the Snoop Dogg song and I heard the intro of this. I never put two and two together until last night. When she came out that water, she didn't even act like she needed breath. The <laughs> <laughs> royal penis is clean your highness. I cried laughing. <laughs> I cried laughing, y'all. That was just unrealistic to me, but it was still hilarious. And I'm, I'm going to wrap it up with this one. I, it's just no way you sitting a whole football field linked away from your parents eating oh, breakfast. That, that, that right? table. Talking on an intercom. Like, that to me was just crazy. I'm like, come on, man. But, yeah, there, there was a whole bunch of, bunch of scenes like that. I'm going to let D-Rob uh, give us his. What you got? Yeah, I think the most unrealistic one to me, man, was when they showed up at the apartment complex and he was like, we require a room. <laughs> okay, now what the fuck do you want? We desire a room. You better not be wasting my time. You got money. <laughs> Come on in, gentlemen. Excuse me if I was brusque, but 
sometimes we get boo-boos in here without a dollar to their name. But obviously you gentlemen came in on another boat. We seek meager accommodations. Excuse me? We require a room that is very poor. Hey, Stu, your rent's due, motherfucker. And don't be pulling that falling down the stairs shit on me, you hear? Are you conscious? Shoot. <laughs> Man, dude, just hounded. He was like, "Man, y'all got <laughs> And then he, you know, he re he requested the the most meager accommodations. <laughs> so when they took him up to the room, a man was pulling caution tape off the door. It was still <laughs> a rat running over. Yeah, it was right. still, it was tape on the floor from where the the previous tenant died, and, and the dog like, too. Damn shame they did that, that dog. <laughs> yeah, man, they can't be having nobody in the, in a in an apartment that it's a crime scene. There was still blood on the walls. Yeah, he didn't want to live like a peasant. <laughs> and I'm going right into the apartment, too, because I was real offended when Simi had a whole hot tub in that little apartment. As well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not, not only. And so what, what tripped me out is when he told him to fix it up. I understand that. You know, you're going to get you some nice accommodations. But that apartment had new paint, new fixtures, a hot tub, new carpet, like, that was the first flat screen TV I've ever seen in my life. I don't even know what, like, like they were already in 2016 with the flat screen TV he had in there. So that's not real. And that made me mad because I want to know if they was getting a luggage stolen, there was no way you was getting a hot tub up in that place at, at that time of day. So, you know, I was real, that was really unrealistic to me. And I was offended by that when I saw it again. I was like, there's no way that would happen. <laughs> but you got to remember though. They foreigners, because he had the audacity to ask for three hundred thousand dollars from King Jockey Jeffrey. Right. So right. He, they 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 can get away with whatever, and he got his whole pocket change taken away. Yeah, that pocket change hurt because that pocket change looked about twenty bands. <laughs> <laughs> like that really looked like it hurt. Well, for me, man, it's a few of them. The first one in the movie is when uh, his queen, the queen that they tried to arrange him with. They kind of go in the back. He like, you know what? Let's chop it up for a second. And he's just asking the questions like, what do you like? Whatever you like. What kind of music do you like? What do you like to eat? And then when she's like, anything, you got to see his mind go, hmm, bark like a dog. Then she starts barking. <laughs> like, whatever he said, she just started doing it. He just walked out. I thought that was hilarious. It throwed me off and he told her, no, a big dog. Yeah. <laughs> And the second one is is the date at the at the St. John's game where he's sitting there next to his future queen uh, with her current man and her sister. She just starts giving him a handy right there. He's just all uncomfortable. <laughs> like I was like, yo, that 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 don't work that way. That that was going to be my scene that I hated the most. Like like or <laughs> because, bro, you could end up on kiss cam. Like right. anything, could right. 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 like anything could have happened right there. Like I didn't, I and, and but I got some, I got some more to say about her character. So I'm gonna leave it alone right now. And when we get to the characters, I, I'll finish my um, rant on her just in general. Okay, Bob, did you uh, give us something? Yeah, I pop mine off. Okay. All right. Well, that's gonna pop us into quotables. And I mean, this movie got a lot of overlapping things. I know we probably gonna have a lot of repeats here, but man, I got I got about three or four quotables. So the first one for me is the first quotable I ever took from it. 
It's just how happy he is after he didn't went out with Lisa. And no, nah, this is this is this is actually before he goes out with Lisa. This is after their first night in the in the apartment. Opens up the window. Good morning, my neighbors. They hit him with an F you. He he's just a foreigner, don't know nothing. F you too, my friends. Like, I love that one. Like, I love everything about his whole like just dorky swag, the way he was just so happy about everything. Cause you know, he's this prince. He's trying to humble himself over here in America to find his queen. And he just getting um he kind of getting disrespected all over the place, to yeah. be honest. Uh I'm gonna jump into the second one here. It's the preacher from um The Black Awareness. The Black Awareness. The, the Black <laughs> you know, I didn't come here to preach to you today. But you know, when I look at these contestants uh, for the Miss Black Awareness pageant, uh, I feel good. Uh, I feel good because uh, I know there's a God uh, somewhere. There's a God uh, somewhere. Turn around, ladies, for me, please. You know there's a God who sits on high and looks down low. Man cannot make it like this. Larry Flint, Hugh Hefner, they can take the picture, but they can't make it. Only God above, the Hugh Hefner on high, can make it for joy. Joy! Can I get a amen? Amen! The way he was talking about uh, these women, Talk about, you know, ah, oh, <laughs> flip you may have later. Uh, you have to, but God, <laughs> you have to do, have joy. Like that joy, like that joy forever. Yo, when he said the, when he said the Hugh Hefner on high, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can we, can we get into, can we get into the fact that that was called Black Awareness? Right? Black Awareness Week. Bro, it, it on the stage. It was like two piece bikinis. Like what? Would, what was that? Like that's not a good pageant. Two piece bikinis and they serve me. Yeah, and the king of R and B. Like and I mean, and, and yeah. that's what I was going to wrap it up with. The the way he introduced uh, Randy Watson, like he he put off on, but nobody cared. Except for Buddy from the yeah. <laughs> You know from the What's Going Down episode of That's My Mama. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. All right, I'm going to kick it over to B-Roll. What you got, bro? Man, for me, one quotable that we actually said quite a bit in school when we would see each other in the hallway. I can't believe it! <laughs> oh, my goodness! Oh, my goodness! It is you! I cannot believe it! Greetings, Your Highness. Greetings. Please, please stop bowing, please. I am a loyal citizen of Zamunda. Yes, but you're going to spill your beverages. This is the greatest day of my life. Yes, it was very nice meeting you too. Excuse me. Oh, my God. I am a follower of the, of the kingdom of Zamunda. I can't believe it. This is the greatest day of my yes, life. Please, 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 sir, take a picture with me. Yeah, Yeah, man, that's good stuff. So for me, uh, it was kind of at the beginning of the movie. So when this movie came out, I was only like 10 years old. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I wasn't used to hearing, you know, vulgar language. 
So at the very beginning, when uh, Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall were uh, were doing their little sparring session with the uh, with the Bo staffs, every time Eddie would come at him, he'd be like, "You diseased rhinoceros, <laughs> <laughs> sweat from a baboon's balls." <laughs> Yo, <laughs> I was like, "What is he talking about?" Yo. So I was just so shocked and taken aback. Uh, man, I. I went to school just trying to call people all kinds of just foul stuff. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't have the stuff. I didn't even know what I was saying, man. But, yo, to, to me, that stood out the most. And it was only because I was so young. And and he just came at him so hard. <laughs> yeah, so, like, I'll, I'll go back to some youth stuff as well. So, you know, when you go to either, like, college or, you know, you know, some of us are military families here on the phone. So you kind of move different places, et cetera. So at one point <clears throat> I used to have, you know, a lot of hair on my head and I thought I was going to be cool. So before I went to school, before anyone knew me and them not knowing what the texture of my hair was, I put an S curl in my hair. Uh, and, it, and when I put this S curl in my hair, I thought I was going to be clean, go to school. People would have just thought I had like this nice hair. But someone came up to me and they just said, just let your soul <laughs> You know, you can be all the things you always wanted to be. Beautiful, sexy, easiest one, two, three. Just let your so silky smooth bro it hurt man like and then they were like just let it shine i was like damn they know like they know that i've got an s curl in my hair so to me i just would sing that to anybody and when i moved to oklahoma city there was a thing called the oklahoma city curl or the okc curl and all of my partners had it that like went to school with me a bunch of them had it so i sung that song so many times to them every time i saw them they started getting like fades <laughs> they got they got they, because they got tired of me talking about their curls. Because a lot of them had that OKC curl. And people from OKC that will listen to this know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, they all had that OKC curl. But I tried to pull it off. And it didn't work for me. So um, the, the Soul Glow lyrics to me is probably the most quotable thing. And I looked it up. And they were like, that's probably their biggest song they ever made. I got to look back at the group again. But he was like, yeah, that was one of the most popular things we ever did in our career. <laughs> so like to me, the Soul Glow lyrics are by far the most quotable thing in the movie. All right, let's kick it to favorite characters. We got I, a lot of guys shining in this one. I mean, of course, Eddie Murphy was in his bag. I mean, that's the obvious one. Arsenio. Arsenio, of course. Uh, let's talk about some guys that may be, you know, kind of went under the radars, or you may not know their names because they're not recognizable like that. All right, B-Roll, who you got? Man, I'm going to go with Eddie Murphy. I mean, obviously, it's, it's kind of hard to pick the star of the movie. That's obviously easy. It's a layup. But him being every single character in the barbershop is phenomenal. Him showing so much gratitude and being a prince, it, it, as well as being funny, I thought that was hilarious. But for me, one of my favorite scenes and one of the things that, you know, every time I see it, I'm like, man, he was a cold brother, is when he, he he's macking the Lisa 
at McDowell's and Samuel Jackson come in there with the, with the shoddy. Yeah. And shoot it up. And he just keep macking. He keep it calm. Then he turn around. You know, Samuel getting his bag a little too much. So he started unscrewing the mop. On top of, he just learned how to mop like three days ago. <laughs> so he's a genius. I already know how to unscrew it. Then he's like, you know what, baby, relax. Hold on. I'll be right back. He didn't, he didn't never panic. Then he just swept Samuel off his feet. Didn't shoot him, didn't kill him, just let him get out of there. You know, I thought that that was hilarious. So he he had several things that was that was uh, legendary in there. Yeah, and I want to, can I, I just want to take a second to piggyback off of that. The scene in the McDowell's where he, you know, fights. Because they built that up when they were fighting in the dojo at, um, back in Zamunda. Right. And, my, and my problem with that scene is, they tried to do a stunt double for Eddie Murphy. <laughs> <laughs> Bruh. And when I tell, and when I tell you this stunt, du- <laughs> when I tell you this stunt double was was like at least forty pounds heavier, um, had to be like an Olympic gymnast, um, could do like crazy tricks. Didn't look nothing like Eddie Eddie at all. Like that, than Eddie. that, it was the worst of uh, stunt double ever. So. I mean, at least Eddie was able to pull off the McDowell scene, but he definitely didn't pull off that scene in the dojo. Man, I'm going to jump into it then. Um, <clears throat> I'm going with Frankie Faison. He plays the uh, landlord of the apartment <laughs> complex. And just pretty much every scene he in, he, yeah. he just talking cash money. From the time they open up the door, he's like, what the? Y'all what? <laughs> he see that money. He's like, oh, come on in, gentlemen. And then they go right into the dude falling down the stairs. <laughs> he was like, yeah, your rent's due. <laughs> and, don't be, and don't be playing that falling down the stairs. <laughs> and then when, when the key came, he knocked on the door. He said, you may enter. <laughs> yeah. That's because they had switched the part. Yeah. yeah. So he was, he he was, was swagging. Yeah. He was swagging. Yo, for me, man, it had to be Arsenio. Man, from the very first time he showed up at the uh, at the breakfast, uh, you know, when they were sitting at that long ass table, so he comes in and he pays uh, he pays Eddie's mama a compliment, and she's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and, and uh, he said something to the pops, man, and he was just real short with them. I was like, oh, okay, I see how they view this dude. Like he's like the troublemaker, like nobody really wants him around, but he's like Eddie's best friend. And then when they get to America, man, and they uh they go to that club to look looking yeah. for a, looking for a <laughs> yeah, queen, yeah. yo. And then he was dressed up like that chicken. She was like, I'm a, I'm a, he said, "I'm gonna eat you alive, and your friend too." And what's sad about that on IMDb, you know, if you look up the characters and all that, as we do in our research, one of the characters for him is extremely ugly yeah. girl. <laughs> That's exactly what it says underneath this title. Extremely ugly girl. <laughs> All right, so let me let me get mine off, man. And and so indulge me just for a second, because I want to have the same person as my favorite, and which we normally do next would be who didn't take most advantage as the person who didn't take most advantage as well. So just indulge me a second. So I thought the younger sister, Patrice. Of of the McDowell's was my favorite character in the movie. So Allison Dean, you know she she had to me the the makings of being um, 
Prince Zuri, uh, Princess Zuri and the Black Panther. Like, that's the kind of swag that she had in the movie to me. Like, every scene she was in was good. Um, you know, I, I got a little offended that they, um, like, they hypersexualized her in some scenes. But, you know, that's back in the, you know, 80s. That's how movies was done. But to me, like, she had good, good um, dialect. She connected with every character that she had on the scene. And if I, if anyone out of all of them, like, could have had some tr- some career moving forward, I was like, oh, she she could be in some additional movies. But man, I went and tried to look her up in different things, and it doesn't look like this is like the third movie in a row where one of the main female antagonists that we had in the movie didn't really have any um, career after that. Yeah. And and I don't know, and I don't know if that's a function of, you know, so maybe we're over here kind of just talking and saying well they didn't have a career. Maybe they didn't want to. So maybe we can put that out there and say, hey, well, could be the case that they didn't want to have a career. But it didn't look like nothing happened for her after this. I mean, I see a movie in 88, 97, and then like 2003. So there's not much that was going on. I thought she had a lot going for her. She was funny. She was witty. Um, She kind of carried some scenes in the movie. But at that same token, nothing happened for her after. So um, I was a little surprised. She was my favorite character in the movie. But then at the same time, I was probably like she didn't do anything after the movie as well. Yeah, looking at the whole cast, I mean, it's really hard to to kind of pinpoint that she was going to be mine. But I mean, I'll just take this time to kind of highlight all the people that kind of moved forward and prospered off this movie. So, of course, I, I started with Frankie Faison as my my favorite character, and he carved out a pretty pretty solid career. When I looked at his IMDb, he's got pretty pretty, uh, pretty recent things that I can recall. A lot of stuff that I do remember seeing even as a kid. Uh, moving to Louis Anderson, everybody I'm pretty sure came across Louis Anderson and other movies, other shows. Of course, we had Fancy, uh, who yeah, was one of the Rose Bears. Like The people that even have big roles in these movies actually kind of popped in their own way moving forward. Paul Bates, the, uh, the the gentleman that was singing your queen to be, even though you didn't really see his face, you know, I checked his IMDb and he has a lot of writing yeah, credits absolutely. on a lot of network television shows as recent as 2018, 2019. He does a lot of stuff for ABC. Um, Cuba Gooden Jr., as B-Roll said earlier, getting his haircut. Cuba Gooden Jr. got plenty of movies I didn't see. Um, Snow Dogs, uh, the movie with him and the uh, Boys in the Hood. Boys in Dang. Yeah, I forgot about Boys in the Hood. Yeah. Like, oh, but uh, uh, so for me, man, and it's I don't even know what her name was in the movie, but it's like at the very end of the movie, the very last scene, uh, there's this sister standing next to Arsenio, and uh, I had to go to IMDb to look her up, and her name her name is Sheila Johnson. And the only thing that it says is uh, lady in waiting. So I was like, man, who is this sister, man? (laughs) No, because the thing is, man, she's so bad. She's so bad. I couldn't believe how bad she was. Like, you know, I'm not I'm not taking away from our people back in the day. But but, you know, the way that these Insta thotties is looking now is looking now, you know, compared to back in 1989, I mean, it's really no, no comparison, right. you know. Um, but, but at the end of that movie, when she showed, bruh, 
she make it in 2018, man, with them looks. Yeah. And I never saw her in another movie again, ever. But she was so bad. Yeah. So bad. I paused the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Pause the movie, bro. Got your sock back. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, you know what? See, so so what's funny, and and um, you know, um, D Rob did this similar last time. Like, you know, you 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 found some characters that really don't even be having no lines. Like the last one, <laughs> like the last one, you just said there was a light skinned brother. Who was... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, mean, I don't, I don't mean, I don't mean to do it on purpose, no, man. No, no. That, that look, this is it stands so, out to me. To the to the uh, listening audience that you're starting to get um, inside into our uh, personalities as well. D Rob, just look it out. You know, you want to make sure. <laughs> yeah, because I don't think she had any lines in the movie. Bro, you don't see her the whole movie until the very end, and they put it right next to Arsenio. That's true. I was I went back and watched the whole movie looking for her, like That's in the true. background on the sides. Like I was like, where is this broad, and how come That's she true. is not in my life? That's true. She got to be something in, in, in coming to America too. So she got to be involved. And, and we and we'll get into that too as well. So, but but um, B roll, who you got? I mean, I just want to big up two people: uh, John Amos, uh, who was in Good Times. You know, I was born ten years after that, and I remember all the way up through high school that show was still coming on, Nick at Night or whatever it may be, and it was hilarious. Um, and then the next person, and this this. This kind of surprised me uh, was Eric LaSalle, Daryl. Uh, he actually does a lot of writing uh, as well with his acting. And he's helped write for ER, uh, the, t- the television show, Logan. Uh, the, he was the, in that. The, the X-Men. Uh, on top of that, you know, he, he also writes books, uh, The Law of Depravity, Laws of Wrath, um, Laws of Innocence. So those are definitely some things that I'm gonna check out. He he's he's pretty entrenched in in the writing game as, as well as the acting. So I was kind of surprised to see that. Definitely want to give him um, some props on that. Yeah. So uh, going going back to our last podcast, you know, we ended up uh, connecting with some people um, that had a lot to do with the movie. And in case this happens with this movie, I just Sheila Johnson. I just gotta say, <laughs> man, if you if you out there and you listening. You're my queen to be. <laughs> my vision of perfection. And I, I pride myself on being clear of infection. <laughs> so if you out there and you listening. Oh, man. <laughs> All right, so. At me, girl, at me. We, we know um, there's Coming to America 2 on its way. So, so before we get into, uh, before DL throws us to our, um, you know, our, our rating, what, what do y'all want to think about? Could 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 we do two minutes on what should happen in coming to America too? What do y'all think the plot twist will be? Um, what what are y'all thoughts? Man, I just want to know if Sydney gonna get in this bag. If if they gonna let Arsenio Hall come back? Because as as uh, Rob said earlier, he pretty much had a big role carrying the movie. The way they just hated on him from the jump. I used to the parents, <laughs> what do you want, Simi? <laughs> the, the way he acted, why he like he didn't want to go to work. Simi wasn't Simi wasn't about that peasant life. So I want to see how they, they, they put Simi in the next story role because I feel like he's gonna be an intricate part of it. Gotta be. 
best friend, best man, everything. Yeah, yeah. for me. Oh, my bad. Go ahead, Dio. Oh, you got you, Rob. You right, yeah, so for me, my thing is at the beginning of the movie, uh, this one, they basically kind of just picked two locations. They were like, and this kind of could go into our what if as well. We can use this as our what if segment. <clears throat> they they kind of chose two locations. They said either we're going to New York or we're going to L.A. Mm. And for coming to America too, you know, or what if in this movie, I want them to go to L.A. Because I think it's a whole different world when you out there on the beach, when yeah. you out there with YG, when you <laughs> out there, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's a whole different type of culture that you're going to run into. You ain't going to Queens when you fly into L.A. You're going to Malibu and you're going to Hollywood. So yeah. I'll be I hope they kind of spin it on that for coming to America, too. And I hope it's they son. I hope it's the sun. That's what I was envisioning. Like, uh, like you know, instead of it being James Earl Jones and his wife, it's going to be um, Arsenio Hall. Not Arsenio, but uh, Eddie and his wife. Yeah. And, you know, they're going to kind of go through the whole thing about trying to get their kids married off. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for me, my kind of start off with my what if. I think it would have been interesting if he didn't marry Lisa. You know, kind of they kind of had you on your toes waiting. Obviously, probably would assume it. But if it wasn't Lisa and it ended up being uh, the bark like a dog, I, th- <laughs> I, I thought that that would be interesting if he just kind of settled. You know, then that would obviously make part two really good. Her actually Reuniting. going to Africa and feeling bad and wanting to get get her get her oh, king back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that would have been live. But um, kind of part two, I'm, I'm with Rob. I'm kind of with both of y'all. I think it'd be cool for a kid to kind of grow up in Africa. Um, you know, it'd be live if it was like Killmonger or something. But <laughs> I, want them, I want them to tie it into Wakanda. Yeah, I, th- yeah. I think that'd be live. Yo, of- what if uh, what if they uh, they stayed in America? You know what I'm saying? And then they had the kids. Oh, and then and then the kids went back to Africa to try to find their bride. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I kind of flip flop it on. Mm. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Like yeah, so. giving them too much sauce. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Your birds, yeah. Any any ideas that come out of this, we want writers cred. Yeah. Uh, we want we want all writers cred uh, to be given to us when you get ideas. I don't even need no cred. I just need uh, an autograph <laughs> picture of Sheila Johnson to put up in Man. my <laughs> And I, I don't mean I don't mean 2019 Sheila Johnson. I mean I bet she still got drip, but you know I'm trying to go. <laughs> I need that. I need that, that 89. I need that 89. <laughs> yeah. You you make me. I'm gonna have to turn this on again. Maybe I was tripping. I don't even. I'm telling you. No, I'm gonna send you a screenshot right now. I can't... <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right. So let's let's kick it to the rating. So. Of course, we always got to do a nostalgic rating, and um, I'm going to kick it over to, to Rob. Rob, what you want to get us from? One through ten, what's your nostalgic rating? Yo, hands down, it's a ten. I mean, from the from the opening scene to the very end of the movie, it's 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 fire all the way through. I mean, it, it, I, I'd be doing the movie a discredit if I didn't give it a ten. The characters, the writing, the sheer amount of people that were in the movie and, and how they, they all played a, a, a crucial part, you know, um, you had uh, you had comedy. You had the drama when uh, when moms and pops showed up and said that he was just there showing sowing his royal oats. You know, it's raining outside and they chasing each other. You know, I mean, 
uh, and then they're on the subway, and you know, the old lady's like, if you're really a prince, I'll marry you. They had everything, yeah. everything, all the way up to the dramatic ending when you didn't know who was under the veil. You know, when he flipped back the veil, you didn't know if it was going to be the bark like a dog or his queen, you know? So, uh, yeah, I give it a 10, man. It had everything. Well, my, my nostalgic rating is going to be a 10. And I'm going to give it this rating off the strength. Uh, this was, to me, the first movie that was pretty much an all-black cast. I mean, a, a predominantly black cast. But the movie has the feel of like that that type of crossover movie that can that can mesh with every you know person from every walk of life from every ethnicity it's not just a black movie so to speak to me i feel like it's a cultural movie but it's a movie that i feel like the whole world got to see and enjoy black culture and black comedy and black entertainment yeah and i give it a 10 as well you know it, it has a ton of nostalgia in there a ton of quotables uh, a ton of actors that we, we know to love. And then, you know, on top of that, you got to talk about the music behind it. You know, just kind of looking at the the soundtrack, Dr. Dre was involved in it. Um, uh, Gerald Levert was in it. And, and obviously this song wasn't on the, the album, but, you know, four years later, Michael Jackson comes out with that video. And then in that video, you have Magic Johnson's in that video. I, I don't remember who else was in it, but... It was a ton, a ton, a ton, a ton, a ton of nostalgia in there to where, like, that movie spawned a ton of, like, everyone that was from the culture to be a part of it and put their hands in it at that point. So, for me, that was extremely dope. Man, y'all going to make me feel, um, you know, negative. So, um, <laughs> so right? you, you going to be the guy to give the man that did the 360 behind his Back. And I'm giving him a five. <laughs> so, so to me, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm definitely giving this a seven. So, I, and I, and I have my reasons. So, um, just one, I'm probably not the biggest fan of romantic comedies. I, I've started to learn that about myself. Um, maybe, maybe I'm just, I'm a terrible person. I don't know what it is, but I like, you know, the whole like him. Like, go back and get your queen that was willing to bark for you. Like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> like, stop, like, 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 stop chasing someone in the rain right now when you got money with your face on it. Like, to me, uh, that's unrealistic. Like, if she did that marriage, I know he probably was like, man. Yeah. <laughs> there was one argument where he thought about, I had somebody that would literally listen to me. Bro, that, <laughs> I, can, I can just see him sitting in the kitchen looking at her like, yeah. you won't even bark for me. Yeah. <laughs> Bro, that happened. That happened in the first week when she didn't know what she wanted to eat. When they came and said, like, like, and the other woman would have been like, "I'll eat anything you want me to eat, sir." Like, so I, you know, maybe, maybe just some of the, the way the movie moved. I just, I thought it was funny. Don't get me wrong. Um, you know, obviously, I would, you know, give it to anyone to watch again. But if I was gonna put it out there, I'm gonna say this is a seven of ten. So I know I'm gonna get killed for this. I already know. Uh, like I can hear it now. But I'd say it would be a seven out of ten. Oh, I'm about to pull up as soon as we get off these mics. <laughs> yeah. I, I, like I said, like luckily you got to make it eight hours to pull up. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you know, like I, I just I would say it was a seven out of ten. And and I went and looked. So I was like, man, I can't feel Rotten Tomatoes, which I don't trust Rotten Tomatoes all the time. They had it like at sixty something percent. So, uh, uh, you know, I I still feel like I'm in the ballpark of where it should fit at. 
So yeah. any last impressions? I agree with that, but you got it, man. You wilding today. <laughs> <laughs> so, so my last impression that I got, um, there was a scene, and I don't know if any of you all have seen the movie, but have y'all seen the movie Trading Places? Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, okay. I was going to reference that. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, so there was a scene where Mortimer and Randolph from Trading Places, like it's a stockbroker movie where um, these guys had lost their money like towards the end of the movie. Eddie Murphy's in the movie as well. Actually, yeah. come to find out, it's the same director who directed that, directed this movie for Eddie Murphy as well. So there's a lot of ties with that. But that was pretty cool having them in that movie as the um, homeless guys he gave the money to. Like just stuff like that was cool. Yeah. Um, you know, good movie, good, good, almost family movie. Except for some of the language, but you know, I, I would recommend it to anyone. But again, seven out of ten for me. Gotcha. Okay. Anything else? I think that's, that's about it, man. I think up, man. I think I we've think said all we need to all. say. All right. Well, um, yeah, I will leave you with is that you tripping this time? <laughs> <laughs> man, listen, I, I I get to have my opinion as well. I'm gonna say that this is a seven. Now this might be the end of the nostalgic podcast forever. You know they just sound mad at me, but <laughs> I can't wait till we get to a movie that you rate ten. I'm bagging. I'm bagging just off the strength of your seven. You, you think you think Trump got them McDowell's? Yeah, yeah Trump gave them McDowell's at he got when they came to the White House. Yeah, that's why he paid for it. It was easy. Oh, I do have an errand or mission. Um, Last week, I, I kind of got on my guy Night Heat's head. I, I felt like he could have did more with his career. But, you know, I went back and did some research. And he, he carved out a good career with the Chippendales. And uh, he also has some appearance, some cameos on the Jamie Foxx show as a stripper. Yeah, uh, He has some other shows. Man, we ain't about to get to this. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, last, when the last podcast was over with, I'm, I'm just walking around my man's house. And I happen to look at his laptop. And I'm like, what is he doing looking at Chippendales and Shrimp? <laughs> like, the podcast over, bro. He did what some deep dive research. <laughs> like, you're on your own time now, player. Man, where, where, where has we not about to get this narrative going. Yeah, just, just know that just know that we care about quality control on this. So this has been this has been episode three. Alright. <laughs> 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 <